gentlemen, and welcome to Season 2 of The Court Report on the Nakam Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. Friend me on Facebook. You can send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page on Facebook. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official, analyst. But most of all, like you, I am a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing efforts and accomplishments of these kids each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of last season's episodes, as well as this season's episodes of The Court Report. Plus, you'll also be able to send in comments for each show. Uh, please keep the comments nice. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches or anybody else in the league, please be courteous enough and do the same. Before we kick off the action, I want to announce that once again, this season, the Court Report is looking to become a show, not only about you, but including you. We are looking for a team of kids to become part of the Court Report and help break down the weekly action. If you're interested, please contact me. We are especially looking for JV and varsity basketball reporters, so if you have a passion for either Yeshiva Sports or Broadcasting, please reach out to me ASAP. I also want to make mention of the fact that once again, the court report, like last year, is going to be sponsored by the amazing people at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy has had a huge involvement in the Yeshiva League, including being the official trophy makers for the Yeshiva League championships for uh, a little over the last decade, maybe more, I'm not even sure, Uh, Mike Feller. Uh, is an amazing individual. His group is an amazing group. They've been my manuf- the manufacturer for my trophies for the tournament that I run every year. And I can tell you that the feedback from everyone involved is that the product is absolutely amazing, and I'm very happy that they can be back with us this year. I got the chance to speak to Mike on Friday, and we were discussing the impact of trophies and how the importance in many cases has been placed on trophies. You know, when you win a hockey championship in the NHL, you're not winning a championship, you're winning the Stanley Cup. When, in, you know, in football, you're not winning the football championship, you're winning the Lombardi Trophy. And so, at the end of the year, <laughs> these Yeshiva League kids, they all look to win the championship, and with that comes the trophy from the Yeshiva League. And once again, this year, hopefully, Mike and his crew will be the ones to craft the ones that are 
kids will be holding. So on today's show, we're going to be a little more free flow as we wait to see if Josh Kahane is going to join us. Josh Kahane is the tournament director for the Cooper Memphis basketball tournament that's going on right now down in Memphis. Actually, it, it wrapped up this afternoon. Um, so they may be a little, there may be a little delay given the cleanup and the wrapping up of that. And if he's able to join us, then great. We will talk to him. We will get his view of this year's tournament and a little bit about the history of the tournament. Um, if not, then we'll try to do our best to, I will do my best to give you the rundown of the action that went on in Memphis this past weekend. Until then, though, we have a lot to get to, so we're going to start out in hockey. There were 19 games in JV and varsity combined this weekend, nine of them in JV. We're going to start out last Sunday, Rombaum at Hank. Uh, it was the nightcap of a triple header. It, it's a rarity that you have a triple header in the Yeshiva League. I happened to be part of one several years ago where we had a one sport triple header with hockey. We had the morning session was a JV hockey game followed up by a, uh, an early afternoon, uh, junior high hockey game and the varsity session capped off the day. Uh, this was a little bit different. It was a two sport double, uh, triple header where you had a JV basketball game followed up by two hockey games, a JV and a varsity and JV hockey game. The JV hockey game and the J, uh, sorry, the, J, the varsity hockey game and the JV basketball game we will get to a little bit later. Right now, though, we're going to talk about the JV hockey game, which was Rombaum Hank. Both teams had good season openers, uh, really good season openers. Rombaum opened up with an 18-2 thrashing of YDE, while Hank downed Share 11-0. Early on this game, Rombaum gave Hank plenty of chances with Avi Orlau and Daniel Luchter taking penalties within the first five minutes, uh, which was two of four penalties that the Ravens would take on the night. Toward the end of the period, Rombaum took control of the game. Uh, with 2.07 left, Harry Tannen scored off a pass from Avi Orlau. The two would hook up again a few minutes into the second to give Rombaum the 2 nothing lead. A weird play with 5.11 left in the period. Kenny Shear cleared the ball down the court for Hank. Rombaum goalie Daniel Petrakowski came out to try to play the ball, which took a very weird bounce off of the padding behind the net. Hank's... Uh, Joseph Lindenblatt swooped in behind and poked the ball home to make it 2-1. But, as you would see later on, Ramba being the deeper, the deeper team really, really took its toll on Hank. Towards the end of the second, Daniel gets hockey coming out of the box with a double minor, put the ball home, and much like Tannen would bookend the intermission to put Rambam up 4-1. Uh, Lindenblatt would add another one for Hank later on. Tannen would complete his hat trick um, in order to wrap out the game. Final score was Hank, uh, sorry, excuse me, Rambam 5, Hank 2. Avi Orlau finished the game with four assists. I don't know if anybody's keeping track of assists in the league, but I'm assuming that right now, given the hookups between Orlau and Tannen, Orlau has to be in the league lead for assists. Uh, both teams will be in, or sorry, were in play later on in the week as well. Rambam thrashed Mag and David 9 to 4. Um, bright spot for Mag and David. Michael Mamey, uh, scored a hat trick. There were various Rambam scores. And, uh, like I said last week, might be easier just naming the people who didn't score rather than those who did. Hank would dominate YDE 11 nothing, giving them their second 11 uh, nothing uh, win in three games. 
Uh, Lindblad scored four more times, giving him nine on the season, which I believe is uh, the league leader in JV. Uh, Rombaum, 3-0, and will face DRS this Monday night. Hank is 2-1. and I don't know who they face yet because we still don't have a schedule out, but they are the next game from my Flatbush squad. Speaking of which, Flatbush faced North Shore on Thursday night, the back end of their home-and-home, home, one week after beating North Shore 7-1. to uh, In this game, the Stars gave the Falcons a ton of fits. So only three days after stunning Hank, after one nothing on a breakaway goal by Eric Davidowitz, North Shore dug in for a very low-scoring affair. In North Shore, uh, at the end of the second period, the score was 4-1 Flatbush. Here was 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, Jack Tagerstein and Aaron Kuby, the goaltenders for both teams, playing extremely well, throwing up zeros. But it wouldn't stay that way for long. Nine seconds into the third, Flatbush won the faceoff, sent it into the corner. Defenseman Sam Laniato, playing JV this year after playing a stellar season in varsity, pinched in and sent a laser pass over to freshman Murray Dweck, who roofed it past Tagerstein for the only goal of the night. Both teams had golden opportunities through the third period, but the defense of both sides, as well as the goaltending, continued to play solid, and so only only Dweck's marker was the one that really uh, one that really counted. Uh, interesting note, both goalies have now given up only one goal in their last two games of play. As said, Flatbush, now 2-0, and plays Hank next on the 23rd. North Shore will play Mag and David tomorrow night, which is an important game for the standings. As, as we mentioned in the preview, North Shore and Mag and David are likely going to be fighting for that fifth and final spot in the playoffs. Uh, now that the league is down to, to five playoff teams as opposed to six, these two who are right on the cusp are going to be the ones battling uh, with each other, and the game that they the games that they play against each other are going to be even more important as a result. In other action, DRS blew out Shari ten nothing as we predicted last week. AJ Chessa started this game, so it seems as if DRS is going to be revolving their goalies around every game. This sets up Jakey Friedman for tomorrow night's game against Rambam. Uh, will they hold to form afterwards, or will Larry Gross play out the matchups? I guess that remains to be seen. I wish I had their schedule in front of me so I could tell you how that would go to see who would face who, but I don't have that. And hopefully, over the next couple of days, we will be able to get that. There is a a, uh, a message up on the MYHSAL site telling us that the scores, schedules, and standings will be out you know, sometime soon. Say that ten times fast. Uh, will be out sometime soon. So hopefully over the next week we'll be able to get everything together, and I'll have an actual outlook for you for each team if I'd like to bring it up. Out West, JEC defeated Westchester 8-0. Last week we talked about freshmen. JEC has scored 13 goals on the year, nine of them from freshmen. Uh, Jason Silverstein pitched a shutout in this one. Um, in other action, MTA defeated Hillel on a power play goal late in the third period. And TABC Ramaz played this morning at a 10.45 a.m. start. Kind of a weird start time. Uh, do not have the result for you yet. Uh, hopefully we will get that sometime later on. So let's head over to the rankings right now. First ranking since the first since our preseason. So it's going to be the first official season rankings. Rambam retains the number one spot after dominant victories uh, to start the season. Frisch at the two. DRS at three. SAR moves ahead of Flatbush after Flatbush's trouble with North Shore this week. TABC stays at 6. Hank moves up to the 7th spot. Uh, JEC jumps up to the 8th, with Hafter dropping back from 7 to 10. Uh, North Shore fills in the 9th spot, rounding out uh, 11 through 
16 are Ramaz, dropping, Magan David, MTA, Hillel, Westchester, Darche Erez, and Shari Torah. Moving over to varsity, uh, we're going to start off with the sandwich of the triple header. You know how they say the best part of the bologna sandwich is the bologna, and the best part of the Oreo is the cream, a little full house reference for those of us old enough to remember it. Uh, keep all that in mind, so they come in handy in a minute. Uh, I just want to remind you about the DRS Frisch game last week, where Frisch went up three nothing on DRS and held on for a three two victory. So keep that in mind about DRS coming into this game mentally. On the other hand, Hank coming off a three two huge overtime win over Rambam. But back to the whole part of the Oreo, you know, the best part of the Oreo being the cream and the bologna sandwich. The busiest period in this game was the middle period. There was no scoring in the first and no scoring in the third. Everything happened in the second. Uh, DRS opened up the scoring on a laser from Moshe Ganuth with 6.02 left to play, playing back in Hank where he played his junior high hockey. So his familiarity with the gym definitely came in handy for DRS in this one. Uh, uh, that's probably why what happened happened. Uh, crazy last four minutes of the second period with 3.58 left. Judah Wolkenfeld tied up the game for Hank, batting home a loose ball around the free throw line. And exactly a minute later, Hank's Ezra Kushner got called for holding, putting DRS on the first power play of the game. Cats went right to work. It it's one of the best passing power plays in the league, and it showed on this one. With 20 seconds left in the man advantage, the ball found its way to Leo Rubin, who sent the ball back across to Moshe Ganuth, who put it home top shelf through screens for his second of the day. And it really happened to be one of the only ways to beat Josh Geller, who was phenomenal on the night. So DRS up 2-1, but only 15 seconds later, Matthew Rosenberg put one short side to tie the game at 2. So for those keeping track, yeah, you guessed it, this game also went to overtime tied at two for Hank. Is this, would this be deja vu back to the Rambam game? Uh, apparently not. A minute 45 into the overtime, Hank's Shlomo Amslam was sent off for interference, creating a three-on-two situation. The problem for Hank, though, no timeouts left. Uh, Ezra Kushner, their main defenseman, had been on to start the period, and Amslam, their second defenseman, was in the box. So about halfway through the penalty kill, Kushner was gassed, and without having an, a, a timeout, Hank was forced to take him off and replace him with a natural offense Josh Wangrowski instead. Uh, DRS took advantage, with Ganuth slipping in behind Wangrowski on a rush to receive a pass from Rubin and slammed it home for the Hattie and the DRS win. It's probably still not the, the message that DRS wanted to send, but I think they'll be happy escaping with a 3-2 overtime victory. But the message they would want to send, they would get later on in the week, trouncing Flappish 5-0 in the greenhouse. Junior Eitan Arie scored twice in that victory, as did Ganuth, Ethan Felder, and Jeremy Lichter. Uh, in the victory. For Hank, the positive out of this game was definitely gaining a point out of DRS for the standings where it may not have been expected beforehand. But the real story for the Canes is the stellar play of Josh Geller and Ned. Uh, Geller really showed himself last year in the uh, first round of the playoffs against Flatbush. Uh, Keeping keeping the uh, the Canes in the game, uh, keeping at two nothing, and really giving the Canes a chance for victory last year. He's definitely challenging for one of the top goalies in the league. Uh, the potential for Hank if Geller continues to play as stellar as he did is extremely high. Even so, to the point where he, they could challenge for the East Crown. Uh, they rebounded, so to speak, from this one, uh, defeating Solomon Schechter seven nothing in Solomon Schechter's first game of the season. So for the four teams involved in that recap, DRS. Now now four and one, Hank at two o o and one, Flopush is one and two, and Solomon Schechter is o and one. There was three other East games on the week. Hafter pulled a double up to open the season, defeating Mag and David seven nothing and North Shore six to one. 
Hafter is a very interesting team this year, probably the best bet to challenge DRS with their mix of the JV team that went to the semifinals last year, the remainder of the championship team, only two or three players really from last year's team, though, and a mix of the new guys that came in at the beginning of the season. It was a costly game for Mag and David, though. Uh, the Warriors lost goaltender Charles Michael for two months with a concussion after taking a stick to the helmet. It's even more bad news for Mag and David, considering they were incredibly thin at the position to begin with. Uh, Michael was a freshman playing for the varsity squad. Uh, Magan went into Rambam on Wednesday night with a first-time goalie and lost to Rambam 6-3. With Michael out, it seemed as if the Warriors' chances at a fight for the fifth seed with Flappish and Rambam might be gone. Uh, as they would actually potentially be in contention. I got the chance to see him play on Monday night. Very, very good goalie. Even at the varsity level, they would actually have a chance to compete for the spot with him in. So the Warriors are now 0-3. Rambam is 1-0-0-1. Out west, only four games on the varsity week. Kushner started off the week with an 8 nothing drubbing of JEC. Lewis Rees netted three. Seth Wengroski and Alec Rabinowitz each scored two. Elon Slonim added one, giving him nine on the season uh, for the five and O Cobras. I'm hesitant to say that he leads the league because some teams have been scoring at major clips this year, especially those that have gotten a crack at Heschel early on. Um, SAR, for example, upended Heschel 16-0, including a nine-goal second period for the Sting. Uh, so the three games versus Kushner, uh, Frisch and SAR, Heschel has already given up 43 goals. you got to feel for them. It's their first season, and there's bound to be bumps. Uh, for the first years may not be fun on the scoreboard, but in speaking to the AD of another first-year team this year, uh, Dan Marciano from Shari, he says that they love it, and they're very happy and excited to be a part of the experience. Uh, to be the first team from their school to play hockey, it, it's really special to them. So I would hope that it's the same for the bunch from Heschel. The league really is all about getting to participate and getting to be, you know, despite not being competitive, the main aspect really is getting to play sports. Uh, in the last two varsity games this week, Ramaz continued to see. So on Monday night, so Ramaz got stunned in the only old-school Manhattan madness matchup of the season, losing to MTA 4 nothing. Uh, they would bounce back, dropping JEC 6-1, to putting them at 2-3 and on the year. But they've lost extremely crucial ground. They only play MTA once this year. And it seems as if they've handed the tiebreaker over to the Lions now. The two of them only playing once and potentially fighting for the fifth spot in a very, very tight division, which includes TABC, SAR, Frisch, uh, and now the, uh, the two of them, uh, MTA, Ramaz, and Kushner. So I just mentioned six teams, and with five spots, one of those teams isn't going to make it. And if MTA and Ramaz are the last ones fighting for a spot, they just handed over the only tiebreak that they could possibly get this year. So, let's move over to the rankings. I've been trying to compile the standings for both JV and Varsity, but not knowing what games I have not gotten. I think I got all of them this week. Not sure about everything beforehand. Uh, so, couldn't compile the standings yet, but like I said, hopefully the website will be up shortly, and I'll be able to pick up ground from there. So, we're going to head right over to the rankings, the first Varsity rankings of the 2014-2015 hockey season. Number one right now is going to be Kushner. Kushner moving up from the third seed into the one spot because of the lack of games for TABC. TABC is still, uh, in my opinion, deserving of the number one spot. Definitely talent, definitely more talented, but Kushner's abundance of games and their solid wins have forced them up. They'll have a very, very big challenge this week facing Frisch. 
uh, Hafter moves into the three and Frisch into the four after their win over DRS last week because of DRS's loss to Frisch. They've dropped to five, uh, also because of the close call at Hank that we mentioned only a few minutes ago. Staying in the sixth seed is SAR. Moving up from the eighth spot is Hank with their close call, uh, almost close, almost victory at DRS. MTA with a stunner over Amaz puts them into eighth, jumping them just over Amaz who drops from fifth to ninth on their seesaw season. Rambam moving up to tenth, uh, because of their, uh, their, their good play to start off the season. Flapush drops down into the eleventh spot. North Shore, after hitting loss number four, is now down in the 12th spot. Megan Davis stays at 13, JEC at 14, and Solomon Schechter and Heschel flip-flop, with Solomon Schechter moving up to 15th and Heschel dropping down to 16th. You are listening to The Court Report on the Nakam Sequel Network. I am your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League action. While we wait for Josh Kahane, again, the uh, tournament director for the Cooper Memphis Tournament, we're going to move over to girls basketball. We're going to start off in the B-League. In the B-League, Brewery Lightning improved its record to 2-0 with another win on the road, this time against uh, the Shalama Cyclones. The Lightning jumped out to a quick 10-point lead, never looked back. Senior Abigail Wiener led a balanced scoring attack with 12 points. Shira Alter added 6. In the A-League, Bruria also played after losing by one point uh, last year in the last regular season game of the year. SAR and Bruria met up in an early season rematch. Uh, SAR took an early lead in this high-scoring game. Thanks to some early three-point shooting by Leah Shulman and Dahlia Fisher, it would wind up being that Bruria would have to mount a huge comeback, being down 16 points at one point. SAR had an 11-point lead in the third quarter, but foul trouble and sloppy passing allowed Bruria to creep back in with some timely shooting and strong drives by Nikki Bick. Tied at 50 on a big free throw with 20 seconds left in regulation, SAR had a chance to win it at the line, but failed to convert, leading to the extra session. In overtime, with Fisher, who amassed 22 points during regulation, having fouled out in the fourth, other players needed to step up. SAR scored the first six points in overtime and never looked back. Bruria drew to within two before foul trouble sent two starters to the bench for good, leaving SAR to win the game from the line. Leah Shulman hit back-to-back three-pointers, and some timely foul shots by Rebecca Parker sealed the win for SAR in overtime, 65-59. to in other A-League action, Flatbush and Ramaz met this past week. Uh, Flatbush played a very aggressive and high-intense offense. They got them into a little bit of foul trouble uh, later on in the game. Ramaz held a 6-4 lead at the first quarter. Flatbush was able to take a slim lead early in the second, but that's when the foul trouble started, forcing the team to play without playmaking point guard Victoria Gindi and forward Sarah Horowitz for most of the half. With less than two minutes to play in the half, Ramaz really hit their scoring touch, pushing the lead to 10, and the uh, at the half it was 20-10 to 10 Ramaz, and the game slipped away from Flabush in the third as the Rams extended their lead to 17, uh, but the Falcons... Uh, tried to make a comeback. Uh, junior guard Rose Michon energizing the Falcons at both ends of the court, and reserve guard Sylvia Franco sparking the offense. Floppish closed the gap back to 10 by the end of the period. Uh, unfortunately for them, they could not uh, reach uh, closer than that. Final score, 39-26. Varsity was led in scoring by Franco, who scored 6, including 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Robin Dweck and Victoria Gindy added 5 points in the Floppish loss. The Falcons would bounce back, downing Hafter 34-28 on the play of Sarah Horowitz, a sophomore who dropped 14 in the victory. 
In other A-League action, Hillel defeated Kushner 42-27. to Flappers and Ramaz would also play a JV game on the night, Flappers' defense doing extremely well, not allowing a Ramaz point until one minute into the second half. Uh, Falcons moved the ball early, spreading out defense and creating good looks for Samantha Shabbat, who knocked down most of the shots for Flatbush in the opening stanza, scoring nine on the night. Uh, Shabbat was complimented by freshman Marlene Levy, adding eight of her own, spelling Shabbat at the point for a stretch. Uh, the Falcons took a 13 nothing lead at the half, never looking back. Second half saw Flatbush extend its lead. Uh, the Falcons more than doubled their first half output in the third quarter alone, recording 14 points in the period on the way to a commanding 39-7 win. Like their varsity counterparts, JV also defeated Hafter, taking an early lead and cruising to a 19-point victory. Harari, Esther Harari, led the Falcons' charge with 18. Also playing, uh, SAR and Kushner in JV, it was an impressive win for the Lady Stinks Sunday, defeating Kushner 41-19. Momentum from the fourth quarter of the Frisch game the week before carried over to start this as they scored 16 first quarter points. SAR continued their strong play as they took a 25-9 lead at the half. Rebecca Hyman led the team with 11 points, Sophie Hecht added 8 points, and Eva Ingber added 6. SAR also defeated Mayanote 52 to 46 to jump to 3 and 0 in their championship defense. I'd like to thank the Breweria, Flatbush, and SAR uh, basketball and athletic uh, divisions for getting me the girls' scores on the week. I'd like to impress upon everybody the importance of sending in scores for the girls as well so that we can discuss the girls, and I would hope that in the future we could have more of these games to discuss. So we're now going to push over to basketball. While we wait for Josh Kahane once again, we're going to split up our coverage today uh, between JV, uh, Yeshiva League Varsity, and Memphis Action. We'll start off in JV. In the East, the first game of that Hank triple header that we spoke about earlier on the day was the JV basketball game against Shari Torah. Hank jumped out to a 12-8 lead at the end of the first, thanks to Gamliel, who would have 10 in the first half alone. And the two sides would trade runs, with Shari figuring out Hank on the offensive end, rolling bucket after bucket on the back door uh, look to cut Hank's lead to 1-22-21 coming out of the half. But Hank won an went on an offensive tear with Shari moving away from what worked, Hank was able to open up a six-point lead to start the fourth quarter. The lead would balloon to nine with three minutes to go. On a three-pointer from Garari, uh, Shari would mount a late comeback, shaving the lead to 41-35, but that would end up being as close as they would get. The two traded points for a final score of 43-37. Gumliel and Levy led Hank with 16 and 15, respectively. Shweki topped Shari with 15. Out West, MTA kicked off its season opener, stunning championship contender SAR. I remember a couple of weeks ago when we spoke with Avi Bornstein, he said that MTA was a team that people may not be thinking about this year, but could definitely surprise. And this is a great way to uh, to go to start off proving uh, Avi Bornstein correct. The Lions would end up beating the Sting by one, 40 to 39. Uh, MTA opened up a 14-point lead in the second half, uh, led by their trio of big men: Yehuda Colton, Yehuda Bookbinder, Benjamin Bookbinder. MTA played very effectively on the low post, blocking shots, grabbing boards, and scoring in the paint. Despite a strong start, MTA squandered the lead and ended up tied at 39 with three seconds left in the game. Off an inbounds play, Yehuda Colton attempted a layup with one second, but was blocked and fouled on the play. Colton would sink 
the first foul shot, with MTA pulling out the victory. Colton would score 10 in the win, Benjamin Bookbinder would score 9. SAR would rebound later on in the week to defeat Kushner last night, 56-51. to Dovi Marcus and Daniel Wasatsky led the sting in the win. Marcus netted 15, while Wasatsky added 14. For Kushner, it was their second drop game on the week, also falling to JEC earlier, 60-51 to in overtime. In varsity, SAR jumped out to a 20-4 lead at the end of the first and a 30-8 lead at the end of the half en route to a 50-18 pounding of Kushner last night in the SAR-Kushner doubleheader for their first win of the 2014-2015 season. Their win snaps their two-game losing streak as they look to climb back into, into contention on the early season. For Kushner, it's not a fun week, also dropping games to Ramaz 45-16 and YDE 50-37. They are now 0-5 on the young season. Flatbush and DRS met up last Saturday night. DRS scored off the opening tip-off and would enjoy a 5-0 lead early on, but the Falcons clawed back with Alan Malla knocking down two big baskets. By the end of the first, the score was even at 7-7. Start the second, DRS would pull away, but the Falcons would claw back again. DRS looked to establish inside dominance, but were battled underneath by Flatbush big men Mayor Kamchatki and David Dayan. DRS would hold a slim 21-18 lead going into the half. Coming out of the half, a quick three from Bobby Sofer brought the Falcons even, and a few possessions later, Flappish went from playing behind to playing ahead, with the DRS now struggling to catch up. But the Falcons would not be able to capitalize. Falcons' offense was careless with the ball, resulting in several empty possessions, and by the time they got things back on track, DRS had already amassed a 37-29 lead. Falcons tried to claw back, but could never get closer than six, and DRS walked away with the victory. Falcons were led on the night by Bobby Sofer with 10 points and Sam Silverman with seven. Flappish would have a week off, but would face Derek Hattora last night. Derek Hattora faced uh, Hillel earlier this week in uh, a sort of a uh, warm-up for Hillel's trip out to Memphis, Tennessee. In that game, we had uh, Hillel's Nathan Beebe, last year's top scorer, and this year's apparent top scorer, at least front-runner for top scorer Adam Matovich. Uh, in this game, Hillel blew out Derek Hattora, but Matovich still, uh, still dropped 32 points. So, so far, we've had a 42-point uh, game on the season from Matovich, a 32, a 19, a, a 35, I believe, 36. So Matovich right now seems to be on a tear. Uh, one can only imagine what he might be doing for MTA if he was still on MTA JV. As we mentioned before, MTA JV knocking out SAR. How much more potent could that JV team be with Matovich on it? I guess we'll never know. But Matovich, as a sophomore, right now putting up extremely impressive numbers. If this is what he's doing in only his second year and his first year in varsity, we can only imagine what might happen over the next two years for him. But for teams that want to figure out how to shut down Matovich, they should look no further than to Flappish's game with Derek Hattora last night. Flappish walked away with a major victory and held Matovich to only 9 points, which would bring his points-per-game average down to under 30. In other varsity action, North Shore and Mag and David faced off in North Shore's uh, warm-up for their trip down to Memphis. Mag and David trailed early 12-2, was never able to recover. North Shore won it by as many as 20 points before Mag and David was able to cut it down to 11. But it would be too little too late as North Shore pulled away to a 15-point victory, 50-35. to North Shore was led by Cody Cohen with 26 points and 11 rebounds. Mag and David led by Joey Levy scoring 13. 
also on the week, Mag and David would face Rambam. Mag and David would end up winning that game 50-24. to Also occurring this week, MTA defeated Ramaz, and TABC downed Hank. Also, this week there was a little bit of news uh, that came out of the Yeshiva League. Uh, December 28th is going to be a very interesting day for the boys in Flatbush and Hafter. Uh, What do I mean? Well, Flatbush and Hafter have gotten together, and they're actually going to be playing their basketball game that was scheduled for that day at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. The Barclays Center, as you know, is the home for the NBA's uh, Brooklyn Nets and the future home of the NHL's New York Islanders, or if they're called the Brooklyn Islanders, that remains to be seen. Uh, But on the 28th, the Falcons are going to take on Hafter at 7 p.m. It's going to be the final contest in a full slate of games uh, that day that are part of the Brooklyn Hoops Winter Festival, which takes place at the Barclays Center. It'll feature three games between top area college programs, LIU Brooklyn taking on Hofstra, Fieldfield, Fairfield uh, taking on Loyola of Maryland, and finally St. John's will take on Tulane. After those games are over, the the high school boys are going to get their chance to play, and it's it's a a once-in-a-lifetime experience, really it is. Um, I remember back when the championship games used to take place in NBA arenas. Uh, I know the old championships used to take place at the Meadowlands. I don't know if they ever played in Madison Square Garden. I I have to ask some of my uh, older friends about that, but definitely the Meadowlands. I know that, uh, speaking to several of the Rambam guys. I, uh, as a Rambam graduate, I knew several of the Rambam guys that played on their championship team that played in the Meadowlands. And uh, coaching and Hank, looking up on some of the banners on the walls, it reads Meadowlands. So I'm assuming that they played their games in the Meadowlands as well. But this is going to be definitely the first time that a Yeshiva League game is played at the Barclays Center, and definitely the first time in a very long time that a Yeshiva League game has been played in an NBA arena. Recently, the uh, Yeshiva League has moved itself to college is um, a few years ago it was uh, SUNY Maritime I believe or yes it was SUNY Maritime and uh, last year it took place in Yeshiva University's Max Stern Athletic Center while we wait for Josh Kahane to come on, just to ease things for when we do talk to him, I'm going to give you a little bit of a uh, rundown of some of the scores in today's action from Memphis just so you can have an idea of what went on so Tier 1, we'll start off in Tier 1, 7th place game, the uh, New Jew Community High School uh, Jaguars faced off against the Weinbaum Yeshiva High School Storm. Uh, Weinbaum Yeshiva High School Storm uh, pulled off an upset in the first round, which hopefully we'll get a chance to speak to Josh about. But uh, New Jew took 7th place in the Tier 1, 47-22. In the 5th place game, in a stunner, Frisch winding up in the 5th place game after losing to Eula on Day 2. Frisch uh, ended up beating Rashi 55-40. to Benny Tuckman, 19 points for Frisch. In the Tier 2 consolation game, uh, JDS ended up facing Kohelet. Kohelet upending JDS, uh, 43-38. In the Tier 2 7th place game, Fasman and the uh, Denver Academy of Torah Wolves faced off Fasman winning 64-39. to now, uh, to spoil one of the things we'll be talking actually, first, we'll get to the tier, the, uh, tier two fifth place game. The, uh, Atlanta, uh, Jaguars defeated the Cooper Max in that game. Now, on to our 
championship games. I will I will ruin one surprise for you. I will just so just so you guys can shove some nachas in the Yeshiva League. Although we will be talking about two champions in the Yeshiva League. Why? Because the Tier Two Championship went to the Hillel Heat. Hillel, after losing to Eula narrowly on the first day, uh, run, uh, went on a huge run right through Tier Two and walked away with an um, an astounding victory over the uh, Chicago Land uh, High School Tigers, 67 to 31. Nathan Beebe finished that game with 18 points. Okay, well, it, it appears that um, that Josh Kay may not be able to join us. I, I can completely understand the the rush of cleaning up from a championship, having to uh, tournament, having to deal with uh, everybody leaving and putting everything back in order. And it wasn't a one-day event. This was a four-day ordeal. So I can understand the amount of items that need to be put back in place in order to clean up from an event like this. So what we're going to do is I'm just going to give you a quick run-through of the events that went on over the weekend. And hopefully either next week or the week after we can have Josh on and he can elaborate on his take on several of the things that went on. So I'm just going to take a run-through the different days, go down some of the games, uh, point out some of the interesting items, and we can, we'll discuss them, and uh, hopefully when he does come on this show, we can take some time and discuss them in depth from his perspective. So let me first explain a little bit of what this tournament is about, at least from what I know. This uh, tournament is, it's held down in Memphis every year, first year of the event was 2007. Um, the way it works is 16 teams are invited down for a four-day weekend. Every team plays a game every day. And the way it works is they're seated 1 through 16. Uh, each team plays a game on day 1. The winners go to the Tier 1 bracket. The losers of the uh, Thursday games go to the Tier 2 bracket. And so... They have two championships. They have a Tier 1 championship and a Tier 2 championship. And they have two brackets, and on on Friday they have the um, the bracket quarterfinals. On, uh, on Saturday they have the bracket semifinals. And on Thursday, they, and I'm sorry, and on Sunday they have all the championship games. So the 16 teams that participated this year in order of seeding, so there were five Yeshiva, high, Yeshiva League high schools, of them, uh, of the 16 teams, but 16 teams in order. Number one, Yeshiva League participant, the North Shore Hebrew Academy Stars. Number two, the Frisch Cougars. Uh, you had to know that the two of them would be near the top, with uh, Avi Bornstein predicting that Frisch should be the top, uh, the front runner in the league for the uh, Yeshiva League Championship, and North Shore not too far behind. Number three, the new community Jewish high school Jaguars. Number four was the Chicagoland Jewish High School Tigers, winners of the tournament a couple of years ago. Number five was, I believe it was TABC. Uh, yeah, five was the TABC Storm, another Yeshiva League participant. Six, another Yeshiva League participant, uh, the Hafter Hawks. Seven was the Eula Panthers, surprising for Eula, considering they won the championship last year, went all the way through to Sarachek. But as we'll see later, um, you know, history doesn't always prove to be an indicator of the present. Number eight, uh, the uh, Alexander S. Gross Warriors, Rajji from Miami. Nine, the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions from uh, from Maryland. The ten seed, another Yeshiva League participant, the uh, Hillel Heat. 
number 11 was the Kohelet High School Kings from Philadelphia. 12 was the Fasman Yeshiva, um, well, they don't really have a team name, so the Fasman Yeshiva from Skokie, Illinois. They are a part of an interesting story I'm going to tell you a little later about this tournament that resonated with me. Uh, the 13 seed was the Weinbaum Yeshiva Storm. Uh, remember that name. We'll talk about that in a minute for day one. 14, the host Cooper Yeshiva High School Max. 15 was the the Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars, and 16, the Denver Academy of Torah Wolves. So day one, for the most part, shaped up pretty much like it should. The first game of the day was the Rashi Warriors and the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School Lions. Uh, Charles E. Smith, uh, the Jewish Day School, actually held a lead for most of the game. Rashi came back to to uh, take the final uh, 38-34. Uh, Morris's Formis uh, led, the, uh, led the Warriors with 14 points. Uh, Daniel Kuhnreich led the Lions with 14 as well. Second game of the day uh, was the uh, North Shore Stars against the Denver Academy Wolves. Um, in this one, uh, North Shore pretty much dominated, uh, closing out pretty early, uh, 45 to 15 over the Wolves. Uh, the high scorer for the Stars was Cody Cohen. Uh, Shimmy Alter uh, scored half of uh, Denver Academy of Torah's points, uh, 45-14, so he, and he scored seven. Uh, third game of the day, the New Community Jewish High School Jaguars uh, upended the uh, host Cooper Yeshiva High School Max 57-44. Idan Evenheim scored 20 for New Jew. Ariel Kempf uh, hit 18 for Cooper. Fourth game of the day, the seemingly the only upset of the first round, Chicagoland uh, came in very, very lackluster and ended up dropping the game to the Weinbaum Storm. Uh, Chicagoland, despite getting 26 from Josh Newlander, uh, only scored 45 to Weinbaum's 54. Weinbaum was led by Jacob Danis with 10 points, a very spread-out scoring effort for the Storm. Yeshiva League participant Frisch upended Atlanta Jewish Academy 60-26, to behind 12 points from both Mike Finkel and Benny Tuckman. Zev Frankel scored 9 for Atlanta Jewish Academy, so that would make number 2 Yeshiva League team uh, moving on on the day. Uh, only Yeshiva League team to drop on the Thursday was the Hillel Heat. Hillel ended up losing to Eula, despite giving them a nice run, 56-45. Multi Zilberstein... Uh, led the Panthers with 22 points. Nathan Beebe, who you've heard me talk about a couple of minutes ago, high score for the Heat with 15 points. Uh, another game, uh, next game on the day, Hafter Hawks uh, uh, defeated Kohelet High School uh, 69-39. A.B. Perlau led Hafter with 17. And in the final game of the first round, now the way, uh, I'll explain how these how this worked actually in a second, Torah Academy of Bergen County Storm, TABC, defeated Fasman 47-32. to Solo Shulman led the game with 14 for Torah Academy of Bergen County. So the way it worked was they had two courts, and they had four games going on uh, uh, on each court, two per each time, and they had a broadcast up. The broadcast was actually extremely, extremely well done. Uh, the announcers were very, very solid. And the game was very, very well broadcast. Um, the cameras were were set up perfectly. And they actually had instant replay this year, which I thought was really, really cool. So it really gave you a full experience of the entire program. And I was pretty much glued to my, my phone for most of the day on Friday and my, uh, my computer for pretty much the rest of it. 
So Friday set up as follows. In the tier two, we had uh, you had Hillel as a one seed, uh, JDS as the two seed. Uh, you had the Chicagoland uh, Jewish High School Tigers as the three seed, the Cooper Max as the four seed, Kohelet as the five, the Atlanta Jaguars as the six, the the Fasman Yeshiva as the seven, and you had the Denver Academy of Torah as the eighth seed. And we'll start out with uh, with that Hillel game. Hillel uh, completely decimated. Uh, uh, Denver Academy of Torah, uh, 62 to six. Uh, that was by far the worst differential on the on the weekend. Uh, Hillel was led by Isaac Beto with 12 points. Um, Denver Academy of Torah County, and I know it sounds sort of silly to announce it, but was led by Aaron Brooks with three of their six points. Uh, the second. The second tier two game, the JDS Lions against the Fasman Yeshiva. JDS upended Fasman 40 to 20 behind 16 points from Daniel Kuhnreich. Michael Yunus knocked down nine for for Fasman in the loss. Next game on the day for the tier two, Chicago Land Jewish High School Tigers narrowly defeated number six uh, Atlanta Jewish Academy 52 to 51. So Chicagoland um, definitely picking up their play after a lackluster first game, but also still not doing everything that they needed to to completely put away their opponents. And the final Tier 2 game on the day, Kohelet Kings upended and upset the Cooper Max 39-31. Ariel Kampf again led the Max, and Aaron Simmons dropped 14 for the Kings in the victory. Um, now going up to tier one, a couple of really good games on the day. Uh, the number, the way it worked out, we had number one uh, North Shore, number two Frisch, number three was Nuju, number four, technically number thirteen, having knocked out the number four seed, was the Winebound Yeshiva High School Storm, and they ended up facing number five, the TABC Storm. So we have a battle of the storms that we're going to end up discussing. Number six was the Hafter Hawks, seven the Eula Panthers, and. Eight was the Rajji Warriors. We're going to start out with North Shore and Rajji, where North Shore almost uh, almost did not make it out of this round, uh, narrowly defeating Rajji 47 to 45. Cody Cohen dropped 25 for a second straight uh, game high effort. Mor- Morris's Formis uh, dropped 18 for Rajji in the loss. Second seeded Frisch. Uh, we'll actually get to that game in a second. Uh, we're going to skip ahead to the uh, to uh, the three uh, the New Jew Community Jaguars against Hafter. Hafter upsetting the, uh, or at least by seeding, upsetting the New Jew Community uh, Jaguars, 52 to 50, behind 17 again by A.B. Perlow. Don Evenheim dropped 24 New Jew in the loss, sending Hafter on to the semifinals Saturday night. Uh, other uh, other action. Uh, the TABC Storm won the Battle of the Storm, but it took two overtimes to do so, 57-54 uh, to 54 over Weinbaum. So Weinbaum might have been very much underranked in this tournament uh, as the 13 seed, but also you know, defeating the 4 seed and also narrowly, defe- narrowly losing to the TABC Storm. It took them, took them six, uh, six quarters in order to get that job done. Moshe Brum led the, led the TABC Storm with 16 points. Evan Jacoby led the way for Weinbaum. Uh, with 14. Now, 
I mentioned before, I'm going to save Frisch Cougars for later. So it was a two-seed Frisch Cougars against the seven-seed Eula Panthers. And this was a rematch of last year's Sarachek Finals, which was won by Eula. I wonder if the powers would be realized that these two could and likely would meet when they send when they set out the tourney seedings a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago. Uh, for anyone who saw the uh, the amazing video that was put out, uh, I'm I'm always amazed by by the production quality of uh, and how much they really get into it down in Cooper. Josh Kahane putting out an amazing uh, an amazing tournament video that you can still see on the website. It's uh, www.cooperinvitational.com. I urge everyone to go take a look, even though the event is over. It still gives you a little insight as to how fun they really want to make this event for the kids. They had this. They had uh, a bracket uh, a bracket challenge. Um, fun to see myself jump from uh, f- the fifth page uh, of nine to the third page after, after yesterday. And... Uh, Considering who I had today in my bracket, I wonder how if I jumped any higher. But anyhow, I digress. Getting back to the game, well, this one uh, this one did not work out as planned as the Eula Panthers upset the Frisch Cougars 49-44. So it sort of makes you wonder. You know, Frisch is considered to be one of the top teams in our league. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we'll discuss what this loss really means for Frisch. So that being the case, it set up a power power semifinal for the uh, for the tier one where you would have Hafter matching up with Eula and TABC matching up with North Shore. So we'll get to that in just a minute. Let's first uh, let's first remind you that the event isn't wasn't only about basketball. It was an entire weekend with with a Shabbat program set up. So hopefully if we get the chance to speak to Josh Kahane at some point in the future, he'll give us a little insight as to what the Shabbat program was about and how how uh, how the kids were, uh, how receptive the kids were to it, who spoke, what they spoke about, and what really resonated with him from this weekend. After that came the most action-packed Saturday night of the year. So we'll start out actually in tier. Uh, we'll start out in tier one. Uh, we'll go with uh, some of the consolation games. Uh, Raji upended Weinbaum 45-38. So that would send Raji to the uh, tier one fifth place game and Weinbaum to the tier one uh, seventh place game, which we mentioned. I mentioned the results too earlier. Um, in the next tier one game, the two the two losers of the of uh, the semifinals also uh, sorry the two losers of the semifinals the other the other semifinals the Frisch Cougars and the New Jew Community Jaguars Frisch rebounded to take the, uh, from their loss to take this one 71-55 sending them on to the fifth place game and New Jew down to the seventh place game Tyler Hode dropped 26 points in the win for the Cougars but was outdone by Idan Evenheim once again uh, leading his team with 28 points. In another tier, uh, sorry, um, tier two game, uh, we'll get because we'll get to the semifinals of the tier one in a few seconds. The in another tier two game, uh, we had the uh, the JDS Lions against the uh, Chicago Land uh, Jewish High School Tigers in the semifinals of the tier two uh, tier two uh, bracket. In this one, uh, Chicago Land uh, defeated JDS 48-43. So as the step up in competition came, Chicago Land stepped up their their uh, their play. Josh Newlander again leading Chicago Land with 27 points. Daniel Kuhnreich again leading JDS with 24. Another tier two game. Uh, we'll, let's stay with the tier two semifinals. Uh, the Hillel Heat, uh, the Shiva League uh, competitor. 
defeated Kohelet 47-36 behind Nathan Beebe's 22 points, setting Hillel on to the Tier 2 championship game, which we mentioned before we already spoiled that, which they won. We'll get to that in a second, just a little more detail on it. Um, Going back to Tier 2, the battle for the fifth place game uh, would go to uh, would go to the Atlanta Jewish Jaguar the Atlanta Jewish Academy Jaguars defeating Fasman 44-28 so Atlanta would make their way to the fifth place game today with Fasman going to the seventh place game and in the other one you had Cooper Max and the uh, Denver Academy of Torah Wolves. Cooper defeated Denver Academy of Torah 46-35. So this was just a little bit closer than uh, Denver's last two games, where David Silberman with with 16 for the Cooper Max, outdone by Jacob Wedgel from DAT, who had 19 in the loss. Now on to the Saturday night main event. You had the two semifinal games, the two Tier 1 semifinal games. The Yeshiva League... Uh, Rematch. You had a Yeshiva League uh, game here, a rematch of last year's Yeshiva League quarters that ended in controversy. There was no such controversy here as uh, the North Shore Stars upended the TABC Storm 48-37. Moshe Brum scored 20 for TABC in the loss. North Shore Stars' Cody Cohen had once again leading the team with 18 points. In the other one, the big game of the night, the real big game of the night, was the Hawks, the number 6 seed, and the number 7 Eula Panthers. Um, that one ended with uh, with Hafter uh, defeating soundly the Eula Panthers 50-38. to So Eula falling to Hafter. Uh, Eula, the dominant power in the last few years, no longer having Sokol or, Zim- or, or Himmelman. And uh, given that we had an All-Yeshiva League final, uh, which would end up being, as I said, both North Shore and Hafter advancing to Sunday... Yeah, you know, with that, as well as TABC falling in the semis and Frisch almost knocking off Eula in round two, this may be a sign that the New York New Jersey teams might just be too much after years of taking a back seat to its California counterparts, with uh, Eula now not being as 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 dominant as it was in the past. But you got to remember something, and uh, this is uh, something that we said a couple of weeks ago. It's not where you are in November, it's where you are in come March. So by the time Sarachek rolls around, you know, Eli Hammy might have his squad ready to take on the uh, challenge of facing an A.B. Pearl out once again. Considering how I gave you most of the scores earlier, I'm just going to run down the games I did not get to. TABC upended EULA 37-35 in the Tier 1 Consolation game. TABC got a, getting a measure of revenge after falling to EULA in the semifinals of Sarachek last year. Um, on to the finals. It was an all-Yeshiva League final between North Shore and Hafter. This ended up being the second. This would end up being the second time that the two would meet, given that they also met in the finals of the Mag and David tournament a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago. So this is strange. They've faced each other twice. After today, they faced each other twice, and they still have two times at the very least to play in league play. I'm not sure if it's ever happened before where you've had two teams face each other uh, in well, I guess tournament championships, but ever without having played a season game against each other. On to the game. Uh, a Jonathan Greenberg tip-in and one gave the Hawks a three-point lead at the half in a low-scoring first-half affair, 17-13, uh, 17-14. Uh, Hafter pushed their lead out to 23-17 before Max Setton and Isaac Haft drilled threes to tie the game, only seconds before Haft would drain the go-ahead three with time running out on the third quarter. The three parade would continue with Michael Weissman draining the tying tray to open the fourth even at 20. 
26. Perlau, quiet for most of the afternoon, after dominating the first three games that after played, gave Hafter a two-point lead with 6.30 left in the fourth. Cody Cohen would tie the game with two free throws, but Perlau, again using his size to his advantage, gave the Hawks a 30-28 lead. After a free throw put Hafter up by three, a huge three by Haft again tied the game 31-31. Stars took a two-point lead, though. A.B. Uh, Perlau then picked up two quick fouls to bring him to five, removing him from the game. So it would be interesting to see how the how the how the Hawks would uh, manage without Perlau and how North Shore may be able to take advantage. Uh, with a minute to go, Weissman drilled it two, and off of a steal, Greenberg pulled down the rebound and put one up and in while being fouled to give the Hawks a two-point lead with 30 seconds to go. Max Setton would throw away the the inbounds pass, giving the ball over to Hafter. Greenberg had a chance to make it a two-possession game, but could not nail the front end of a one-on-one, and with a North Shore rebound, it set them up for one final possession following a timeout with 13 seconds left on the clock. Cody Cohen would attempt a long three, but would have the shot glance off the rim, and Hafter would take their second meeting with North Shore and their second tournament victory on the young season after Max Rosner nailed two free throws to push the final score out to 37-33. Half led all scorers with 19 for North Shore. Greenberg paced the victorious Hawks with 13. So that makes the third time that the North Shore Stars have fallen in the final game. But like I said before, it's uh, they've especially, given that they've won a Sarachek tournament and a uh, Yeshiva League championship in years past, it's not it really isn't what you do in March, but what you sorry, it really is what you do in March, not what you do in November. Something to think about. Uh, the Yeshiva League, uh, in their in the course of play, went 16 and four. Two of those four losses were to other Yeshiva League teams. So this really was a dominant performance by the Yeshiva League down in Memphis. So it'll be interesting to see how the rankings come out for the top 25, and also be interesting to see how the matchups and how how fast and how fast and furious the league goes this year in setting up for Sarachek come this come this March. We're going to run down the awards very quickly. Uh, Tier 2 MVP, Nathan Beebe, uh, for the Tier 2 champion, Hillel, Hillel Heat, taking back a trophy to New York. Uh, for the for the all-tournament team, you had North Shore's Cody Cohen, TABC's uh, Moshe Brum, and Hafter's A.B. Perlow. Again, Josh Kahan looked extremely busy at the end of the tournament, so we can again completely understand if he uh, if he could not make it to uh, to our show tonight. But hopefully, we'll have him on over the next couple of weeks, and he can give us his take on this year's tournament and the tournament as a whole. So, no harm, no foul. Hopefully, we'll get him on here soon. If you missed any part of today or any other episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the Court Report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM Rockland County. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM Sports Report update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the Like tab. Let's get that number up. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. If you've won an MYHSAL championship over the last 10 or so years, you already know about the great job that they do. Please contact Mike and his amazing staff at Crown Trophy of Brooklyn for all of your trophy and plaque needs. They can be reached at 718 769 
See you next week, right here on The Court Report, only on the Nachum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com